Ladies and gentlemen, up until now you've seen the creature perform the simple mechanics of motor activity, but for what you are about to see next, we must enter quietly into the realm of genius. Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames et messieurs, Damen und Herren, from what was once an inarticulate mass of lifeless tissues, may I now present a cultured, sophisticated man about town. Hit it! The, the, the Sketchomatic Show. Ooh, she, 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 she. Oh my goodness. Sketchy. Sketchy. Welcome to the Sketchomatic Show podcast. Sketchomatic. Episode 3. Three. That's the magic number. It is the magic number, yes, and I'll tell you why. It's the magic number. Because this is the very first episode of the podcast that features my first special guest, who's heard every weeknight on the biggest AM station in the Western Hemisphere, and that would be KFI AM 640, and that special guest's name is Tim Conway Jr. Yes, Tim Conway Jr. is joining me here on the Sketchomatic Show podcast, my very first guest being interviewed here with me. I mean, not only that, this special guest didn't only let me interview him. I'm going to quickly walk up and present how this all came together. I reached out to Tim Conway Jr. recently. I emailed him and his executive producer, Sharon Bellio, also known as just Bellio. Just going to ask, you know, Tim, if you have any time, would it be okay if I did a, a sit-down record interview with you for my new podcast, The Sketchomatic Show? I said, it's no rush. It's no big deal if you can't do it. Um, but it's only going to be like 20, 30 minutes tops. I don't really need you for that long. I just want to, you know, pick your brain about radio and show business and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then later that night, let me go right to it. I get a text, group text with Bellio. So he texts me at Tuesday at 10.30 p.m. And he says, instead of doing your podcast, come in one night and we'll do it on the air. More publicity for your podcast. Ding dong. He didn't say ding dong in the text. I'm just adding that in. Um, I'm glad I was sitting down. I'm glad I wasn't driving while I got that text because I definitely would have needed an EMT after hurling into a tree somewhere. I mean, I was, whoa. Holy schmoly. I replied, oh my goodness, that's like the most genius idea ever. Beyond honored by just the thought. I'm with that idea, sir. Thank you so much. With a thankful prayer emoji hands and a mic and then a a drop of water like mic drop. Following my text, Bellio replies, what an awesome and generous idea, Conway. That'll be a fun segment. Thanks, Conway. Tim replies, Bellio, can you please schedule this for any time August 29, 22? And then he goes, 2022, sorry. Bellio laughs emojis, and Bellio says, we're booked solid until 2933. (laughs) And then Tim says, damn. And then Bellio, well, we tried. Then Tim replies with the the actual setup text, and this is where it really starts to become a reality. Uh, Let's do it tomorrow, Thursday, if sketch is available. Bellio, 9.35 p.m.? Question mark. I replied, yes, that sounds amazing. I'll be there tomorrow or Thursday, whichever is convenient for you. The idea of a podcast interview being conducted on air is next level and unprecedented. Other podcasters are going to straight up hate. Can't wait. Please tell me why you always say. 
And then Belio replies the following day at 4.43 and says, let's do it tonight. And I said, I'll be there. That's when I knew it was real. That's when the bubble guts kicked in. And I was like, whoa. Oh, my God. I was very nervous, but at the same time, more excited than nervous. I've been on the air before. I've done on-air segments. You know, I work in radio. But to know that you're going to be on doing your own thing with Tim Conway Jr. on KFI you know, I come from the days over at Power and 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 Dash Radio and Groove Radio before Power and iHeart, you know, Hip Hop, EDM, Top 40. I've never done a KFI talk radio segment in my life. So it was unprecedented to me just in the fact that I was going to do this on KFI with Tim Conway Jr. during his show. So I got myself ready. I walked over to the station. <laughs> As soon as I got in the elevator, I had to put my sweater on because it's like five below zero in there at all times. I walk into the studio and boom, here it is. Tim Conway Jr. on the Sketchomatic Show podcast. Sketchomatic, Matic, Matic. Special guest, Tim Conway Jr. KFI AM640, the Sketchomatic Show coming at you live from the Tim Conway Show. Ding dong! Tim Conway Jr. on the Sketchomatic Show podcast. Ding dong! Now, buddy. my very Thanks for having me. Thank you for being my very first special guest on the Sketchomatic Show podcast. You're the very first guest. I didn't know that. Yes, and that's said, what makes I would have said no. <laughs> That's what makes this even more special because you're the first guest and the Sketchomatic Show podcast is being brought to you via your show on KFI. I mean, this is unprecedented. It's wild. Never been done before. I think wild. You're, you're opening up Pandora's box, Tim Conway Thank Jr. You. I think a lot of people are going to be, well, I want a podcast on your show now. So I feel very special and uh, right. I'm not worthy. We're not worthy. We suck. Well, in the future, if somebody says, hey, they want to come in and, and do the same thing Sketch did. I'll say I'll send him this audio and say, just edit yourself into this audio. There you go. I have to leave little spaces so they can they can edit in real quick. All right. Well, I'm going to jump right into it because I know I don't have a whole lot of time with you. So my first I have I would be remiss if I didn't say it was my mom, Diana Ray. Rest in peace. Who was the first person to tell me about you? Oh, is that right? Yes. And she was a big fan when you were back on uh, 97.1 on, wow. on FM. And then our mutual friend Brent Garris introduced us at American Joe's in Burbank. Years later, Big Boy brought me here. And then not too long after that, Nipsey passes away. Sure. And that Nipsey hustle tribute is what brought us together that's as right. friends. Yeah. So that's in, right. And then here we go. Three years later, Nipsey just got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I saw that, right? yeah. Next to Big Boy, as a matter of fact. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're like right next to each other. Oh, my God. So that's even more, you know, it's it's how the universe is speaking. And and here I am now doing my pop, my very first podcast interview with you. Wow. It's, it's crazy how the universe works like that. Did uh, I, I love Big Boy. Big I got boy. into a habit last summer where I, oh, all I remember. summer I was going, Big Boy. Big Boy. Big Boy. Big Boy. Big boy. Yeah. I can't. And people look at me like, what's Lunatic doing? <laughs> 
But uh, did, did Big Boy have anything to do with setting up uh, uh, Nipsey uh, Hussle's Walk uh, of Fame? Oh, well, he was just part of it, you know, there in support and and to to be a part as, as well as YG and a lot of the other artists that were in like Nipsey's circle. Right, but it was just a coincidence that they're next to each other. I don't know exactly. Oh, I see what you're saying. I have no idea how that actually That's worked really out. Cool. I'm I'm curious about that, and I'd like to know more about that. Right. I'm probably gonna have to ask him about that when I interview him for my podcast. Yeah. Which God hopefully- bless your mother for turning you on to the show. You yes. must have been very young though. I was, you know, in I was high in school. My, yeah, I was probably in my in. Yeah, I was. I would say in my early twenties, right? And she was just always a fan, and I'd listen to her listening to you. And didn't you go to high school with Big Boy? I did. I went year. I was young, younger than he is. Right. He graduated before I did. Let me guess. I I think you told me at one point. I think it was Culver, Culver, Culver City, City High. Yep. Ooh. Shout out to Centaurs. Look at you. Whoa. Look at you. Yeah. Amazing memory. Uh, Tim Conway Jr. I have to get into this first question really quickly. When it comes to you, Burbank, I know you're very passionate about football. That's that's right. Okay, so you, and I've seen an interview with you that you want Burbank to have a football team. My question is, what would you call them? I have a few names that I came up with. Oh, good. Yeah. What do okay. you think? What would uh, you call? I I, 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 let me see. But, well, first of all, to, to tell you what Sketch is talking about here, the city the, there are cities like Green Bay in Wisconsin. Green yes. Bay is is exactly one hundred and five thousand people, and so is Burbank. Right. Burbank has nothing. Nada. No track, no museum, no five-star restaurant, no five-star, no country club golf course, um, no football team, basketball team, baseball team, hockey team, nothing. In the city of Green Bay, Wisconsin, they have their own football team. Well... Why don't we? Let's roll. Right, what would you want to call uh, them? Ah, man, I don't First know. First name that pops into Let's mind. Let's hear your, some of your answers. Okay, I got one right here. Burbank Grips, because because it's great a, idea. It's movie set. Burbank Grips, or I always thought before L.A. before the Chargers and Rams came to L.A. I always thought L.A. football team would it'd be cool if they called the L.A. Shields. Well, that's a good idea because of the cops right. and the LAPD. But since Burbank also has an excellent police department. Burbank Shields. Not bad. Not bad, right? Um, if it's going to be the Valleys mm-hmm. you know, team, uh, I think you can expand on that, though. Like, um, I don't know, the San Fernando Valley uh, uh, Homeless is a good name. <laughs> See, you I know? thought of that, but then I was like, it would sound funnier coming it's, from it's, you. It's, yeah, it's a little icky, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, a little uh, touchy. Yeah, the San Fernando Valley, complete losers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to let's the next. Let's go! Next question is... Best advice your father gave you growing up that you can that comes to mind. Best advice. Uh, best advice he gave me. Well, it had to do with a, a girlfriend. There was mm-hmm. a, uh, and this is on online on uh, on YouTube. Okay. But there's a girl that broke up with me, and she wrote a note on the windshield saying, uh, "You're out." Right. Right. And and uh, I and that's now since the way that's now the way I break up with girls, and unless it rains, you're you're gold. Uh-huh. Um, and but my dad said to me, I, I was in high school, I was really depressed, mm-hmm. uh, and I said, "Hey, this girl broke up with me," and my dad said. Never go out or pursue anybody who doesn't just want to hang out with you. Right. right? And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I showed him a picture of her and he's like, ooh, (laughs) you got to try to get back together with her. That's pretty solid. Yeah, that's pretty solid advice. Yeah, right. And he's like, well, you have the right to change your mind every once in a while. Okay. Solid advice. Never pursue anybody romantically that doesn't also just like to hang out with you. You got to be friends at least. That's right. You got to establish some sort of chemistry. Right. And and if you hook up with with a woman like I have who's very funny, it makes it very, very easy. Very easy. Well said, Tim Conway Jr. Thank you so much for being on the sketch Show Podcast on KFI AM Sketch.
Sketchomatic Podcast. You can hear it on all the platforms. Sketchomatic Podcast. Go check it out. Nice to see you, Bubba. Sketchomatic. Quit playing, man. The Sketchomatic Show. Sketchomatic. Yeah. The Sketchomatic Show continuing coverage with the Conway crew now. The Conway crew joined by Sharon Bellio, the producer of Tim Conway Jr. And what up, everybody? Michael, <laughs> Michael Crozier's in the house. Hey yeah, Crozier. Hey Crozier hey with the news. Is that correct? Yes. Is that accurate? Yeah, sure. And yeah. of course, mm-hmm. the wolf himself. Yes. Now, hey. Who's also another Conway staffer. And what would you say? Uh, producer, associate producer? How, how would we? He's an uh, associate producer. He's an engineer. And he is uh, crafts, craft services. Oh, craft services. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and Conway did not like the wolf. Really? I gave him the wolf. And Conway says that that's not happening. So he came up with Stafoosh. Oh, Stafoosh so, is good. That's very Conway. Foosh. Yeah. I like the wolf, though. It reminds me of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. you're like the problem solver. It's, exactly. And it yeah. fits visually, too. With it them. does. Yeah. It's very uh, aesthetically wolfy. Yeah. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. Good, we got one. Let's get into it right here. I have a few questions. Of course, to reiterate the Tim Conway, a piece that we just played, I was able to interview him live on the air on KFI AM 640. <laughs> that was pretty How cool. How exciting for you. <laughs> exciting for me. I was ext- I could I told Sharon I didn't I didn't fall asleep till 3:30 in the morning Aww. afterwards. I was and we felt bad because you had like pages and pages oh, of yeah. questions and then your segment because we, we got into the segment late. So it went like five minutes yeah. and then Tim gives you, you have to be out by yeah. 42. He wrote it on a piece of paper. Yeah. Oh, big. And then Crozier like, yeah, you could see in yeah. the video you were like nervous. I had, I got to get, I gotta get, get out of here. I got to get out. I got to say, so how long have you been here at iHeart? I've been at iHeart for three and a half years. I started in uh, January 2019. And you had not really to get into it, but you had experience like production radio oh, or stuff and I was yeah. prior I've, to this. I've worked with Big Boy's Neighborhood with Big Boy uh, since 98. And prior to that, I worked at Groove Radio. Uh, 98? Yeah. So that just emphasizes what I was going to say just a second ago, was is that to see your energy and your excitement and your enthusiasm for doing what you did yeah. with Conway was adorable and awesome. Thank you so much. And that's much. the stuff we need in radio. I'm a very energetic guy. I'm a very passionate guy. Yeah. And when I did that interview with 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 well, first of all, I have to say thank you so much to all of you for allowing that to happen. I know and I know it was Tim's call, but at the same time, it was so um it was unprecedented, never been done before. And I'm gonna get back to that topic, that that punctuation that you brought up about my history. Sure. Right. But as far as the interview happening, it was so unexpected. And I got to tell you, when I was walking in here, I told this to, to all of you last night, but I'm going to reiterate it again for, for the people listening. When I was walking, because I live walking distance from the station, I'm walking down, you know, down Riverside across the street from the 134, crossing over the 134. And I'm thinking to myself, damn, this is what it feels like <laughs> to walk into this building and know you're about to be on the air. And to go back to what you said about adorable being so energetic with Tim Conway, I was thinking to myself, and as I watched that, the video that Sharon Bellio took, I was looking at myself watching Tim watch me, and it was almost as if it was like my dad letting me drive the car for like oh, a few minutes. That's a good, that's a good Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, the way he said, before the mics were opened up live on air, yeah. he tells, Sharon and him tell me, this is your show right now, so you open it up. And I was, <gasps> I mean, I, it was intensely, overwhelmingly nervous, but more excited than nervous, because I knew what I was going to do. And yeah, I've had experience, but not on KFI, and not to take over 
Like, I thought he was going to go, I have Sketchomatic here, and he's going to do a podcast. I thought he was going to do his thing. He's like, no, no, it's all you. And I'm like, not only is he letting me drive his car, but he's letting me take control yeah. of the biggest AM station in all of the Western Hemisphere, period. I, and, look, I, I can I identify with that completely. As right? long as I've been here and as long as I've been in radio, and yeah. I started with Coast. So, right. you know, I started with a high bar right after oh, that. Yeah. I've never really worked at a bad station, per se. Right. I've never worked in another market other than L.A. That's beautiful. And we were talking the uh, we were talking uh, earlier about how I asked Sharon if she ever gets, if she still gets nervous yes. when she gets on the air. And she said she does, well, which do is fascinating get, because yeah. I don't. You don't. But... I do get that feeling that you were just describing when I'm talking to Tim and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me. I get that feeling of, damn, I'm in the middle of doing this. Yes, it's I'm like, real. I'm talking to Tim Conway Jr. and we're having a substantive conversation, however ridiculous or childish it is. It's so I still good, get that sense of awe and wonder when I'm in here. And you have that chemistry. All of you have that chemistry with Tim. Now, Tim's not hard to get along with. Right. He's very easy to get along. But yeah. you got to know him to really have that chemistry, just like I have with Big. You you can tell what he's going to do yeah. before he even thinks it. I know what he's about to do most of the time. It's trust. Or what he wants. He, it's like, and they never have to ask for it. Yeah, that's And that's Tim. the feeling that I'm sure you guys share with Tim Conway Jr., Absolutely, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's, a lot of it's just experience being around him so long that you pick up on the idiosyncrasies and the yeah. experience of it. He always says, that he refers to me as Radar, Radar O'Reilly. Because oh. I kind of, after you've been with him a little bit, you kind of know what he's about to to do and you right. kind of know what he needs and and I really think that's what makes our relationship so great is that I could read him that way so Beautiful. he doesn't have to always ask me for things. I just kind of just know what his his uh, go tos are. It's the vibe you guys share, and that brings me to my next question, Bellio. How did you and Tim Conway Jr. meet and begin mm-hmm. to work together? What was the first interaction? How you two became what you are now? I mean, how, what, what was it? Well, I was producing Handel's show at night. Michelle would do the morning show, and I would prepare the show in the evening, and mm-hmm. Tim was on, and I'd hear them. I'd be preparing and cutting audio, and I'd hear you know them laughing down the hallway, <laughs> and I was so jealous. It's like I, you know, because yeah. I just felt like that's where I belong. Those are the cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I loved my job, but there was just something I knew that my personality and my sense of humor just was in more alignment with Conway. Totally. And then he, you know, on breaks, how he always does, you know, he wanders into yeah. the kitchen and he sees somebody, hey! you know, yeah. making a drink. What are you making? Oh, yeah. it's a, you know. Kabunch, what do you drink? Kombucha. Kombucha. Yeah, yeah. And he'll say, he'll say, come on there and talk about that. Right. So yeah. that's what he used to do with me. He'll say, hey, uh, you know, you know, come on in here and let's talk about this. And that's how that kind of started. That is what, and when, how many years ago was this? What, what, what year that was, was it? That um, was, talk about like, what did he came here in 2010? 11? Was it 11? Something 10 or 11. So yeah. like for, you know, a few years that went did on. Did you know of Tim Conway Jr. on his other, when he was on a 97.1 FM talk station no, at the time? No, because I grew up in Colorado, so oh, I did I did not know. Interesting. I, you know what's so funny is I actually worked with his dad uh, <gasps> twice. That's crazy. Met his father. And then when I met Who's him. Who's uh, <laughs> Sorry. You wouldn't know him. He was <laughs> a small actor, did like small parts, a B actor. Oh my you wouldn't God. know him. Um, great. So it was funny. I that- get it. Small actor. He was the dwarf guy, right? Oh. I see what you did there. That's the brilliance of Sharon. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after this. And then you hit a sweeper right there because that's the perfect out. See? Right. The, exactly. the closure has it. He has that. He knows. He, yeah, he, he knows. does everything there is to know about radio. Exactly. Daryl Dorf will now go for. The world record lift, 484 pounds. Right, yeah, and uh, don't give me in the idle chit-chat while I'm doing that. i got to have concentration on the kitchen. So you worked with Tim Conway Sr. Sr., yeah. Mm. 
and then um, and then Tim just you know I became friends with him and then would be on the show here and there. And then when the opportunity came up, I was given a choice of doing his show or another show, and I'm like. Duh. <laughs> I want Conway. Of course. And it didn't matter that it was nighttime. You know, I was working earlier shifts and I just, I, the opportunity to work with him, I was not going you to pass jumped at up. it, right? Yeah. And it's been the best experience. That is so crazy. Yeah. It's just so crazy how things come together like that. You worked with his dad. Yeah. And then you worked with him. And it's crazy too, because as you well know, you know, I tell Sharon Bellio, she reminds me of my mom when she was her age, mm-hmm. right? like physically the way they looked structure why the hair everything and how i don't have any kids of my own but i think about you can really live on forever through your children and it really hit me after my mom passed i was like i noticed myself doing mannerisms and laughs and things that she would do like involuntarily like for example i'd be watching seinfeld with her and at times you know seinfeld would be like what do you mean he's on the bus and then she'd go <laughs> the butt. She'd repeat the joke and laugh. I would never do that. After she passed, I was watching Seinfeld or Cheers one night, and Norm or so, somebody said something, Kramer, and I'm all, oh yeah, Cosmos, and I'm just like, what the, f- oh my God, I'm my mom. And that was something that really hit. Do you ever experience anything like all that? All the time. Yeah. All the time. I'm like, oh, that's so my dad. Yeah. That's so my Are you mom. more like your mom or your dad? I honestly think I'm equal parts. Are they still I with feel us? Like my Literally, a- her name is Sharon, spelled S-H-E-R-O-N, which She's is a Ron, combination right. of her parents' names. Ronald and Sheila. Are you serious? Yeah, my mom said, let's take the first three letters of your name and the first three letters of my name. And my dad said, Ronchi. Wow. And that's why it's spelled. Oh. oh my God, that'd be so much better. Oh my God, Ronchi. I don't know that I've ever heard let's that. Let's keep that between us. Wow. <laughs> Do I edit that, that out of the podcast? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> wow, that is... Okay, so they're both still... You said your no, pap, your dad. My, I, I lost my father. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's And how many years ago was this? That was 2014. Oh, uh, it seems like it was just yesterday, though, mm. I'm sure. Anyways. Honestly, you know, okay, it was right before I got on the Conway show that mm. I lost him. And Tim, prior to me getting on the show, Tim went on his show and, and was talking about me. And he does this with people periodically. And he said, you can tell she was raised right. She, she must have the best parents by her manners and all this stuff. And I got to play that for my father. Because my dad, when I met Tim Conway Sr. at a Laker, I used to produce the Lakers broadcast. I remember you told me that. Yeah. And um, Tim Conway was filming an episode with Gray Davis for Yes, Dear. And I went up to him and I said, can I get you, you know, for a halftime interview? And he was the sweetest man, which just like his son. And um, I go, will you call my dad? And I got a picture of Tim Tim Conway talking to my father on the phone. Because, you know, we all grew up, they grew up watching Carol Burnett. I can totally relate to that because my mom had a thing for Rick Dees for years, (laughs) right? And then eventually I got to work with Rick Dees, obviously, because of Big Boy when we were at Power and they were doing my move in 93.9 and he did the morning show and he had that, he still has that building that he partly owns or something and it's right across the street from where i live at the time i didn't live where i live now but i'd go up there and one day i'm all hey rick and he goes sketch come up to the clubhouse come up here i want to give you something and i'm like oh okay he gives me a check for like 750 dollars at first to do a, a top 10 a top 100 countdown of 2010 and my computer went on the fritz so I, he goes come up back to the clubhouse i'm going to give you something else and i'm like what so i come back up and he's all Here's a check for $3,500. Go buy yourself the best computer you can find. Ah. So I immediately handed him, I'm sorry, I handed him back the $750. And he goes, Sketch here, you, do you have this back? And I'm like, Rick, you're paying me way too much here. This is almost ridiculous. And he goes, no. 
What's ridiculous is most people wouldn't even dare to offer what you did. So just because of that, I want you to keep it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it to my mom. And then it hit me where it brings me to you. Yeah. I'm like, Rick, will you call my mom right now? Mm -hmm. And he calls her, Diana, it's Rick D's. How are you? And she goes, "Um, guess what her reaction is? Is this big boy? Is this a phone tap? (laughs) I didn't believe it. Oh, my God. It was so fantastic. That's nice. But yeah, okay. So Crozier, and we got to get to... To Stafooch. 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 Oh, with an S-H. Yeah. Like, let's say, let's like Ronchi? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, a little callback right there. I'm yeah, learning. Yeah, I'm yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Crozier. Uh, as far as a connection to my dad, uh, my dad died in 06 from a crack overdose. Oh, my God. Fun fact. I was actually not going to ask that. I was just going to get back to I, you. I'm, yeah, I, but I'm so glad you were able to. One thing anybody listening to the show knows, I don't hold... Anything back, much less. How long ago was this? Uh, 06. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. Well, Well. uh, I was, uh, he was in St. Pete, uh, Florida, Mm. and I had never been there. And then when he died, I was there the next day. And I, so I was having to take care of all kinds of stuff, only child with him. And, Mm. and uh, I had lunch with a, 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 an older girlfriend of his and her family. And I had met her, but never met the rest of the family because I'd never been to St. Pete before. So we're having lunch. And at one point I'm talking and I do this little thing with my hand and I kind of put my thumb and my finger on the side of my face. Like, you know, I'm kind of resting my hand on my head on my hand. Right. And they all look at each other. They go, Oh my God, your dad used to do that all the time. It's and like I genetic. never. Yeah. New. I was like, wait, what? And had huh? you been doing huh? that for a while? Apparently, I'd been doing but it. But you weren't I, it even was aware of it. Completely subconscious. Wow. I had no idea. And they said, we, we don't, I, I don't know anybody else. They said, your dad used to do that all the time. And I go, oh my God, now I see that I do it all the time like that. Now, let me ask all of you this. Are any of your family in media or radio or anything like that, other than Tim Conway Jr. and his dad being, you know, Tim Conway Sr., the, the famous Tim Conway Sr.? Anybody? Nope. No. Wolf? Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Interesting. So you're you're the first of the of the bunch, right? Well, yeah. my dad was almost in Fleetwood Mac, but that's another. Oh wow! Well, that counts. <laughs> I think Does that counts. is very yeah, yeah that's her, a big his deal. dad was quite the musician yeah he was, what did he, he play was, uh, keyboards oh wow he bought a hammond b3 the day i was born instead of being at the hospital that's crazy didn't he yeah. sing as well yes he and sang he wrote and played keyboards yeah he, he wrote, wrote some songs, stuff yeah yeah, yeah. what's yeah. your dad's name uh marshall marshall crozier yeah that sounds like a famous name it's a great name i was marshall almost, crozier. i was almost marshall island crozier the third uh, one of my parents, I can't remember which one, wanted it. And, no, it was my mom wanted to name me the third. And my dad says, nope, F that. It's, he's going to be something else other than Marshall. But I did keep the Allen, so I am Allen Crozier the third. So essentially your acronym of your name is Mac. Yes. Wow. Because you're a Mac. too. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'm talking about. Um, what else? I got some questions here I wanted to get to real quick. Wolf, can you jump on real quick? Let's do it. And just see, I want to ask you. Let's see what I got here. I'm going to scroll down my list. Oh, yeah. This goes for all of you, but we'll start with, with right. Wolf. Speaking of Wolf, and I know Conway doesn't like that, so we'll call him Stafoosh. Yeah. Um, Stafoosh. Yes. Scary movies with Halloween coming up rapidly fast, right? Scary movies. What's the scariest movie to you of all time? To you. It doesn't have to be. There's no right or wrong answer, but I'm just yeah. curious. Uh, I have mine. I- I think honestly, for me, it was uh, the Conjuring. I thought it was really well done. Part one, yeah, right. it was you know uh, based yeah. on 
true stuff that happened and, and the way that they shot it, yeah. the way that it went down and the way that even the, the jump scares, which are usually kind of, you know, a little bit overhyped. They oh, yeah. did a really good job of kind of throwing you sideways. Oh, it's freaky, man. Yeah. yeah. So for me, that's, yeah. Yeah, Conjuring's good. And then all of them that come after that, they're all connected. Yeah. You know, Nun and Annabelle and, <laughs> and all that. Um, Crozier. I, uh, it's, that's hard for me because I love scary movies, horror movies, but they, I don't, it's kind of hard for me to say what's the scary, I guess you've seen even in your youth at a point in my time in my life, I guess the scariest moment that I can remember is my dad, I, I, uh, phantasm. Ooh, that is, I forgot about that The silver orb going through the mortuary. You know, they remastered that on Prime, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's all remastered. It looks like it was filmed yesterday. Just the scariest damn thing. At the end, when he grabs, he comes through the mirror and you just, boy, and grab, ah! And I was right around that kid's age. Boy. Sharon, scariest movie of all time. Um, The call's coming from inside the house. I hate that. Which one is that? I don't even know what movie that's from. The but call's it, coming from inside the house. Is that Scream? It? No, it wasn't Scream. That's because that's like a comedy. You know, he calls her and, she, and he's and she answers she, the phone. Yeah, what and is old, the old, old movie? Yeah. yeah. It's like the bedroom window or something? Something like, like that. Right, the call. It's coming from inside the house. You hear me? It's coming from inside the house. Wow, that and that Annabelle. Mm, Annabelle's mm, getting. Mm, remember, Annabelle came to iHeart at one point. She was. They, they oh, had I her in the that. case, and they were walking around, and they were like, "Oh, I sketch guess. you want to?" I'm like, "Fuck that! I'm good." <laughs> I walked back to my studio. You know, like, I almost told you to dump that because. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so used to it. Uh, yeah. yeah. You said F earlier, and I thought, okay, we can't curse again. Uh, <laughs> I've been dying to curse. Oh no, we can curse. We can curse. I have it uh, set to explicit on my podcast. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, fucking a. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck this shit. Fuck yeah. Anyway, well, I was going to say, speaking of fuck this shit, fuck yeah. um, well, let me let me quickly, because I'm going to digress into another topic, and I, I want to make sure I stay, I stay on point here. For me, the scariest movie of all time is The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. With Linda Blair. Yeah. First one. Yeah, I, and sure. I actually got to interview her once, That's and she even told me, this is way back when I was at Power, I was doing red carpet premieres, and they were doing, what's that one, uh, that Trekkie movie they did with... Uh, with Sigourney Weaver, and it was like a, tr- a Star Trek kind of spoof oh, movie. Oh, with the Tim oh, Allen? Galaxy oh, Quest yes, or something yes, like yes, that, right? Yes, yes. So I went to that premiere, and Linda Blair showed up. Nah. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Linda Blair. Linda, can I get a word? And we talked for just a brief moment, little a little longer than Tim Conway Jr.'s interview, but <laughs> she told me, I said, working on the set of The Exorcist at that age, she goes, it was uh, traumatic because a lot of people died on that yeah. set. A lot of people died. And she goes, I think it has something to do with you're messing with evil shit, you know, and it's it's not good. She goes, I need therapy after that for years. I gravitate towards stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a like paranormal uh, stuff, uh, just or, really dark stuff. Have you had a, like, an experience or anything? No, okay. never have. I wish mm-hmm. like I, I, I can't say that I believe in, in ghosts or anything. It's that because you never had anything crazy. Never had, oh, wow. and, I, and I would love for that. to Yeah, happen. I've had some three things happen to me after my uncle died. What about any of you? Anything paranormal? Yeah, I've had some some weird things happen. Please in, indulge us. Um, well, <laughs> and I'll tell mine, I'll tell mine, you tell yours first and I'll tell mine. Well, I had a brother that passed away Okay, I'm and sorry. so it was the night of his funeral and mm. I just, I could feel like his presence, right? I could feel his presence did you, there. Did you catch a scent of him? Like, you know, you could smell somebody's like cologne or perfume or something. I, felt, I don't know if you felt like, I felt like he was standing right. over me, yeah. like to the point where it literally, I was like, it made me cry. Right. I was like, and I had to tell him like, you're scaring me. Yeah. 
And I knew it was him. It's like that movie, What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams. Yes. Remember when like he was coming up behind his, 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 his still surviving love and he was trying to touch her to comfort her and she just kept crying harder because he's, she could feel him. Yeah. I felt that with my uncle. Mm. I didn't cry, but the thing was really got me. And I didn't ever had an experience like this ever. And by the way, my uncle Jerry Neeson was an atheist, right? And when he passed, he passed in his house in Studio City. And he was 78 years old. Great guy. And he kind of looked like the zigzag man <laughs> without any hair. Bald, but with the beard. He, he had that face. And he was a really, really kind man. I mean, the guy would give you the shirt off his own back. Didn't care who you were, what your name was. He was, oh, you need a place to sleep? You can crash on the couch. Didn't, he, yeah. and never tried to do anything weird or anything. He just liked to just be around it's people and smoke weed. You know, that was his thing. <laughs> but then he passes, and one night, probably about three or four days after he had passed, maybe about a week, was one night I'm walking the dogs out to the backyard. He had a big house, and it was just me and the dogs. After he passed, it was just, it's like living in a mausoleum or something, you know? And I walked back in from the backyard. It's like three or four in the morning. And I remember looking, and you know those old mining lanterns that they mm-hmm. used to use, and like the gas ones, oil right? Oil lanterns, yeah. Right. What are they called? Uh, like oil lanterns. Oil lanterns, yeah. right. So he had like a makeshift, like a toy version of one. It had batteries, right? But it sat on the edge of a table outside of his bedroom. And I walked past it th- towards the kitchen, and I looked back towards the little toy my, uh, lantern or oil what is it called? Oil lantern? Uh, or Yeah, like a right. storm like a storm right. lantern. Yeah. But I look over and I swear to you on my mom's ashes, this lantern turned on, dimmed up slowly, and then dimmed back down slowly. And, and when that happened, I got scared. Yeah. It scared me. Yeah. And I like kind of was like, and I said this out loud. I'm not even kidding you. I was all, Jerry Neeson in the house. Just <laughs> to say something out loud. Yeah. And I was like, it. I walked the dogs back into my, closed the door and I'm like, Okay, if it's Jerry, then it's it's good. It's it's a good ghost. But I'm like, Jerry, what the? F-? I'm like, this is crazy. It's too. And I, the next day, I went out when it, the sun came up, obviously, and I checked the toy. No batteries. There was no battery. And they took those big C-sized batteries, those yeah. big ones that it looked like they're on the Duracell commercials. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was the wildest experience, and I haven't had anything like that so after my mom passed away. All these these grasshoppers would show up. Uh, like and not once like a swarm of them but just we'd see a grasshopper there another one here and it was cool it was wild it was like so, so none, nothing like that's happened to any uh, stuff anything no, no, no nothing to me I, I do have one thing with okay. my dad real quick I want to uh, hear it when my dad passed away and I had to take care of everything I ended up burying well I, I did a cremation and uh, there was so much of between the casket and all that stuff I had a lot left over yeah. so we took one box mm-hmm. in, in, in like a wooden urn and we had a plot in Congressional Cemetery in D.C. So it was a small little thing, and, and I was in control of everything. So there's like 10 of family members, my dad's sister, siblings, and such. And uh, when it came time to the, the, to lower, just drop the, the urn in, uh-huh. uh, I it was real. It was snow. It was, it was beginning of February, snow everywhere. The sky was white, you know, like that, just that winter mm. day, just mm. no sun, just a blanket of white It's like a everywhere. different planet. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm on my knees and I'm, and I'm it, the bottom of the, of the hole was a little too far for me to reach down and just let put it down in mm. there. So I was like, I got to drop it. And I just kind of sat there and I was just like, man, I don't want to drop this thing. It's like, it, so I kind of I look around and I look up and I literally say, Give me something. And no exaggeration. Skies opened up. Sun hit right on me. Just on me. Now, come on, man. And and I don't. And I am. I'm atheist agnostic, whatever. You know, I'm I'm open, but 
Right. I, I, I'm you know. cool with saying I'm agnostic. Right. Because I'm good with saying I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. what I've seen yeah. is something else. Something. And it happened three times in the same house. Right. By somebody who was atheist. Yeah. I mean, maybe it wasn't. Well, yeah. Him, and I my mean, dad was my dad was yeah. pretty much agnostic exactly. anyways. And when that happened, mm-hmm. the rest of the family that was there who are all very religious, it was you heard a collective Oh my God. The murmur of the crowd. That. <gasps> and I was just, I was like, okay, I, I'm not going to get any better than that. You're all, thanks, pops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much that. Yeah. Deuces. Yeah. You know? yep. Oh my God. Well, at least something. And Wolf, nothing. Nothing. No, no nothing at all. All George right. Well, I, when it does happen, You'll I want you to let you know. Yeah. You'll feel I'm going to hit you up right away. Sure. I've kept you all way too long. I know this is only supposed to be really short, but we practically filled up 30 minutes with just this little conversation oh, really? right hey here. Now. Yeah. Wow. So, Love hey it. now. Howard Stern fan? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Howard That's Stern what fan? I want to yeah. say about yeah. Tim's show is to say, you know, as, as, as a radio guy for pretty much my whole life, you know, especially as an adult, yeah. but even as a kid, I, they were, I was always fascinated by what kind of shows worked or shows that I was attracted yeah. to that I could listen to for endless hours. And Stern has that perfect uh, uh, formula Absolutely. of knowing you get the, the best people around you yep. and let them do their thing yep. and let them breathe. And everybody's got their own specific personality and you highlight that. He's and, so good. And, and Tim is the closest thing that I, that I've ever been a part of, right. you know, with everybody in the show that I, I love working Tim's with. Stern fan too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, when I knew, because I wasn't familiar with Tim, uh, when I knew I needed to to be working with him was when I was driving home one Friday night and Steckler was on with him mm-hmm. and they were trying to get a hold of a guest and the guest wasn't answering the phone and they let the phone, they were playing the sound effect of a phone ringing uh-huh. and he let it play through the news. He let it play through all yes. the spots. Yes. And I'm like, I love this guy. Damn. I love this guy. Just to get a little highlight on yeah. the foosh, you know, he just started here like, what? Six months Six ago. Six months yeah. ago. So it hasn't been a full year. And was training on John and Ken. And yeah. we we were losing our board operator uh, engineer, Russell. Russell. Shout out to Russ. And uh, they said, you know, we need to find somebody new. And I am kid you not, uh, he had me at hello. Oh. Because I walked into the room and I said hi to him. And he's just the sweetest, yeah. like yeah, kindest. Yeah. And he's creative. And, uh, and Yeah, you just want to hug him. And he had a full-time job within days. Yeah, he's he's just that guy. You know who else had that vibe, too, about him was Mondo. Is Mondo. You know, and he, he's with Gary and Shannon now. But yeah. that vibe is just that comforting, welcoming vibe. You know, and that well, is... Well, and he's also, because he worked on a podcast, so he has the chops, too. So yeah. he has experience. Yeah. I got to tell you real quick, before I let you guys go, the whole Howard Stern thing. I was telling Stafouche, a.k.a. The Wolf, about <laughs> after Tim Conway Sr. passed, right? And I was working out of the room across the way from us. And at the time, I'm listening to Stern, right? And he's given an obituary to Senior, to Tim Conway Senior. And I ran to you and I'm like, Sharon, Howard Stern's talking about Conway Senior right now. This happened today. I'm going to record the audio. I'm going to pull it. I'm going to send it to you. I pull it. I send it to, the, to them. They load it up into the buttons. Tim Conway's playing it on the air. And I hear, uh, I had to dump out. And I walk over and I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot to tell you that he says shit in there. And then my. So, yeah, we don't do that yeah. on our station. Well, well, it's I heart, well, yeah. uh, well, you know, that's what the dump, the dump button's for the dunny button. Uh, but I, the thing is, what's crazy is I was inadvertently responsible for Howard Stern cursing on KFI. I, in a million years, you couldn't tell me that was going to happen. I mean, I know the guy's been through a lot with FCC and stuff, but somehow bring him back onto terrestrial radio. 
And, I, and it was me who was responsible for that. So I take full. Stern cursed at a KFI studio once. He did? Yeah. I met him and he came in and he was, he was, uh, he shared an agent with another guy that used to be on the station at night on KFI. And uh-huh. I was, I was the board up the engineer at the time. And I used to, I used to write for the show as well. Yeah. And Stern was in there. He was interested in, in this guy, Phil's show, uh, for his own thing before he went to Sirius XM. Say who? Uh, oh, you mean Phil, uh, Phil Hendry? Phil Hendry. Yeah, oh my Crozier God. Worked I lo- with Phil Hendry. Oh my God. Oh, Can yeah, I tell dude. you something really quick, Crozier? Oh my God. I know I have to let you go. This just got really good, though. I am, if not the biggest Phil Hendry fan before Stern, before I even got into Stern, I listened to Phil Hendry because he worked over off Sherman... Sherman Oaks, yeah. Sherman Oaks, but it was off Sepulveda and yep. what's the street? Ventura, yep. right in the in that Citibank. I didn't go with him from there. Right. When he left and when he left the studio and went I there, saw I that go. studio. John Frost had a studio there who's yeah. now the voice of KFI, yeah. right? And at the time, he was working... Still, well, he had just left K-Rock and he was running Frostbites online. Frostbitesonline.com, right? Shout out to John Frost. He, he brought me up to the to that building where Phil Hendry was at. And Phil Hendry was out there smoking a cigarette. Hey, what's up, John? And then he t- took me up to the studio and he showed me, as Phil was doing the show, I could see him doing yep. the voices and potting up the faders. It was like a magician yeah. putting on a performance and I just I bought all his record. I have records, his best of. Yeah, on I vinyl. made those. Look on there and look at the names who made them. Are you the first oh, that's three? Right. That's I, my I name. I've seen your name on. Oh my! <laughs> you have to sign it for me. I'm yeah, bringing sure. it in. I'm. I have two of them. Doubles, like a real have DJ boxes. would have. I have boxes. You have boxes of them. <laughs> wow, that is. So, do you still talk to Phil Hendry? Uh, occasionally to, through yeah. social media. What's no, he up to these days? Uh, he's got. A, I think he's got a website thing. That's, yeah. Yeah. So That's, what's your Stern story? Oh, well, oh yeah. Stern, Stern was in there because he was looking to make his own network at one point, and Stern and, and he loved Phil. He loved Phil's show and the whole stick. So he came in with the with their mutual agent, and he was in there for about an hour, hour and a half. And oh, funny story, Karen Sharp on Coast, she was a huge Stern fan. Yeah. And she called me during the break and said, "Can I come in and meet Howard?" And mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, sure, come on in." And Howard was very quiet. He was very almost like childlike watching Phil. We were all in the same room because that's the way we did it back then. Uh, And uh, Karen comes in and and during the break and I said, Howard, this is Karen. She works here over here on coasting. And he goes to stick out his hand to shake her hand. And she goes, Oh my God. And like goes in for a hug and he, the switch hit first. He became stern and he goes, Oh, I didn't realize I was going to get any action tonight. (laughs) She walks out and he goes right back to being very subdued. Yeah. Yeah. So he sees me writing lines for Phil a lot of the times because that's a lot of what I did. And uh, after, at the end of the hour, he walks over, he goes to leave and he comes over to me and he goes, It was so fucking good to watch you work your magic. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can stop and radio right now. I can quit right now. Stern said, Me work my magic. Magic. And all that was around when he yeah. did that. So you're oh like, God, wait, can yeah, you say yeah. that again, Stern, real quick? I'm going to get this on my TikTok. Yeah. Do you know oh. who Phil Hendry is, Boosh? Him, I don't know. Oh, well, we're gonna have to I'll bring him. in a CD for you. Yeah. You have to listen you can yeah. get an idea Oh, my God. This this is one of the greatest, if not all-time best, of doing live. <laughs> I remember on KFI, back before, when, when it was more stimulating talk radio. Yeah, he had yeah, Conway's right. slot, right? He was on... Yeah. 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 Yep, 6 to 10. And actually, I think... 7 to 10, 6 to 10. But I remember he was on in the afternoon before that. They did he was put on John on, and Ken's slot. They put in the afterwards. Right. He kind of moved around I back see, and forth. Yeah, at one yeah, point, yeah. they tried in the afternoons. It yeah. didn't quite work, yeah. When I was at Power, our engineer, Tom Koza, would listen to that. That's who introduced me to him. And I, would, I worked across the hallway from him in Big Boy's studio, and I could hear Tom Koza... Just yeah. barrel laughing. 
<laughs> yeah, we had a lot, it was a huge industry yeah. show. We had people, we had a lot of uh, TV, uh, the studios, mm-hmm. whenever they would go on on break, they would go out to their cars and listen to yeah. our show. It was incredible. So we'd have all kinds of people, like Neil Patrick Harris yeah. and, and, cool. and Matt Grenning. He was a huge fan of Phil. We, we actually went to a table reading of one of the Simpsons episodes, and we were sitting at the table with Castellaneta and all the whole voice actors there wow. while they had this huge audience that's in the soundstage listening to them do the lines. And we're sitting at the same table watching them. One of the coolest experiences I could ever have. I but mean, that was because they were huge fans of Phil. Phil is just something else. What was I going to say right now about that? About, uh, oh my God, I lost my train. I thought, damn, you weed again. <laughs> oh my God. It was something about Phil. Um, oh, oh, oh yeah. So Tom Coase is laughing his, his ass off in the engineering room. And I walked over and I'm like, what are you listening to? So this is Phil Hendry. And at the time, the first time, my first dose of Phil Hendry was him pissing someone off on the phone. But it was, you know how Phil would take the side of the caller, mm-hmm. but yeah. then his character yeah. would be, and I remember- He'd get him against Yeah, he'd another. go, like, he'd go, well, he had that Nancy Gray, or I forgot her name, but it was a character, something Gray. Margaret Gray. Margaret, Margaret Gray. Gray. And yeah. he'd be, I'm sorry Nick Burr got his head cut off by those terrorists, but my campaign says heads are going to roll. And people were like, what the? And he's like, I know, I agree. I just don't understand why. And he switch over, and it sounded like he, he would almost talk over himself. It was like an audio yeah, illusion. He interrupted himself. It was incredible. I mean. Want to tell us all about it? I know it is, Phil. Well, no, you don't because you were, you were not pronouncing it. Who is that? It's Margaret. Oh my God! I thought I was doing an interview on the Phil Henry show. Uh, you, you are Bobby. Please, Margaret. Just he would genuinely sneeze and and say uh, "bless you." Yes, as the other character, <laughs> and he's not even realizing he's doing it. I've heard him do <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard. Oh my! If you ever talk to him again, sure. I mean. I know uh, some guy just made a documentary about him. Really? What's interviewed it? me. It was a couple of years ago. What's it called? I, I can't remember. I think it, he did like a screening for it back in June. Okay. Well, uh, but, when we uh, get the name of that, please. Okay. This has gone on way too long. You got to drive all the way back to Irvine, Sharon Bellio. I, I, I appreciate you so much course, for taking the time. If you know Sharon Bellio, she lives very far. And she in KFI and iHeart's in Burbank. She has to drive basically to Egypt and back <laughs> every day. Mm-hmm. And she took the time to hang out after just for me, your boy Sketchomatic, to get this podcast interview. So I can't thank you enough. And no, thank you fun. so much thank for you. for the setup with Tim Conway. To Jr. me, she's the soul of the of the show yes. and and the station. The queen. To me. Yeah, she's the queen. Yeah. She's like, a, but not the queen of slang. Nah. She's the Italian Call Robin back. Quivers. <laughs> I'll take that. You're right? Yeah, I love pretty Robin much, yeah. Quivers. And I got to get some of those She's voices. Gary and Robin wrapped in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Delabate yeah. and, yeah. and... Hello, hello. So it would be... What would the name Baba be? Bowie. Ra, Ra, Gary. Oh, Gobbin? No. Uh, you know, like Sharon... Bellio. Baba Bellio. Baba Bellio. Gobbin. Yeah. Thank you so much. Sharon Bellio. Michael Crozier. Stefouche. He talks way too much, by the way. Stefan Cabasis. Cabasis. Yeah. All right. The Wolf. Anything you want to add? Let's let's end with you, the wolf. Sure. What do you get? Get right up on that mic because you sound like yeah, you're yeah. you're off in the hallway. All right, <laughs> Stafush, What do you want to say? Don't fuck it up. Super <laughs> grateful to be here. Super grateful to be on your podcast. Thank and, you. Uh, couldn't be happier to uh, be picked to you know be part of your list of episodes because I know it's going to go great. This is the first episode that consists of actual interviews. The rest of them have just been me talking to myself over the phone, kind of like Phil Hendry, who mm-hmm. I, I credit that to, and John Frost, because the whole talking over yourself. I do mine with editing. Obviously, I'm not nearly as talented as Phil or John Frost, but the thing is, John taught me a lot about editing, and I was able to make those previous podcasts very entertaining, I think. I think I have something to share. I was doing a little production flex, you know, some imaging flexing on what I can do, but 
I really wanted to do some interviews. So Tim Conway Jr. and the Conway crew, Sharon Bellio, Michael Crozier, Sifouche, The Wolf. Thank you so much for being here on the Sketchomatic Show, episode three, the first episode with actual interviews. Thank you so much. Oh, good for you. And how was it? The Sketchomatic Show. Too much information and shit, man. Shut your mouth, S.A. Okay, bye.